Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Well, good morning, good morning. It's hour two of Mornings with Carmen here on the Faith Radio Network. If you missed hour one, you can always go and listen to it at myfaithradio.com. Or if you subscribe to Mornings with Carmen as a podcast, then it's going to populate right there on your podcast list, wherever you get your podcast. And if you don't know how to do that, you can download the Faith Radio app. Just text the word app, A-P-P, to 877-933-2484. You'll get a link back if you follow that link. It will uh, help you download the app onto your phone. And then, you know, you can carry me around with you everywhere. I like to go places. So, you know, take me with you. Let me know where we're going, what we're doing. You can always text me during the show, 877-933-2484. Uh, let me ask you a quick question here about the Ten Commandments. Are the Ten Commandments distinctly religious? I mean, I think because it leads off with, you know, having no other gods before God, uh, that makes them distinctly religious. But what about beyond that? Like, are the Ten Commandments, what about the Ten Commandments is distinctly religious? I'm asking you this question for a reason. The conversation or question about the posting of ten of the Ten Commandments in uh, in public schools, in particular, but also in other uh, public spaces, this conversation seems to come back around every every ten years or so. Uh, it was before the Supreme Court in two thousand and five. It has been back. It looks like it's headed there potentially again. Um, a public display of the Ten Commandments on school grounds, in your county courthouse. Um, in other public spaces. Is it distinctly religious? Just give that some thought. I'm not going to answer the question today. I'm just going to pose it. I want you to think about whether or not the posting of the Ten Commandments is distinctly religious. And if it's distinctly religious, um, you know, there's sort of a question about, you know, whether or not we should or ought to. Uh, yeah. So there, there you go. That's the conversation, and I look forward to having it in the future. Uh, I want to um, let you know, I read you in on this really cool story. Uh, I was really excited to read this, and so I want to share it with you. The Chosen, coming soon to a U.S. prison near you. So this is, um, first of all, I, I don't know where I've been. I feel like I pay attention to what Prison Fellowship is doing, um, but I missed this. So Prison Fellowship launched um, a a streaming network, and... Uh, it's already in more than 300 correctional institutions in 49 states. Um, Prison Fellowship provides, through the streaming service, positive programming inside correctional facilities. And um, it's called Floodlight. And it includes worship services. Um, it includes Celebrate Recovery. It has programs from Alpha, which... Uh, many of you are, are familiar with a, 
uh, sort of a, a, a course in the fundamentals of the Christian faith. So the chosen is now going to be available on floodlight in these more than 300 correctional institutions uh, across the United States of America. So I wanted to celebrate that. I wanted us to be praying that God would use um, those stories in that particular format to to touch people in ways that, you know, maybe they hadn't seen the gospel and Jesus portrayed um, to this point. So I'm praying that, that it have a powerful, powerful impact. Uh, and let's be praying for this ministry of prison fellowship called Floodlight. It's just really such a such a great idea. All right, Adam Holtz is going to join us next. We're going to talk about some other media headlines. Um, yeah, including, I know this sounds so crazy that we, we'd be talking here about Pornhub, but um, yeah, uh, Utah um, wants them to verify, actually verify the age of a user before they allow the content to be released. And obviously Pornhub is... Um, seeking to block that. All right, that's up next. You're on Mornings with Carmen. (laughs) All right. um, Yes, I know many of you are not mowing yet. You're still looking at piles of snow. I get that. Um, Hats off to you. You will be mowing when I am looking at dead browned uh, brown earth later in the summer. So there you go. Adam Holtz is here from Focus on the Family's Plugged In. Adam, are you participating in No Mo May? Uh, uh, tell me about it because I don't know, I don't know. what that is. People don't, people don't mow during May. And I, oh, I told them no, that would never I, work where I live. <laughs> I had to mow. Right? Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it will depend on what my wife says. If my wife says mow the yard, I will. There so you go. it really has nothing to do with... <laughs> Anything other than keeping my wife happy and it's uh, so good. It's such weird. A... We get we get tons of, of sun, but we don't get much rain, and so the grass growing is it's we're actually reseeding most of our backyard. So anyway, a lot of information. Grass, mm-hmm. it, it's not my favorite. Oh well, well, there you go. I would come mow your yard for you because I love to mow. Um, oh, okay. kid, kid fluencers. Yeah. Influencers. What does this so, even if mean? you have been on YouTube in like the last, I don't know, twenty years, there is a huge, huge genre known as unboxing. And unboxing is when people take products that they have purchased and unwrap them. And it could be straight from you know the the actual mailing packaging or you know, unwrapping the the manufacturer packaging and they show them off. And I look at at it as like a 21st century version of looking at a JCPenney catalog like we did when we were kids. Remember, we used to Mm -hmm, get, they called mm -hmm. it the the wish book, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, now the wish book is every second of every day if you want it to be. Mm. And there's a huge um, subgenre of that, which is kids mostly unboxing toys and kind of living their best lives, right? And and the biggest one is a, a a guy who's not so young anymore, but when he started he was really little. His name is Evan and he had a has a channel called Evan Tube and you know they estimate that he's making twenty five million dollars a year 
basically unboxing toys. Uh, and another one is Ryan's World. Actually, Ryan's World's the one that's doing 25 million. Evan Tube's right up there too. Uh, but now people are starting to say, wait a minute, time out. Is this essentially child abuse? You know, are you exploiting your children both in terms of their, you know, inherent cute childrenness, not a word, uh, but I'll, I'll uh, trademark that, uh, and their privacy, because oftentimes you have opportunistic parents who are the ones that are behind this stuff. And uh, there are a lot of kids on YouTube, and now, of course, on the other platforms, Instagram and TikTok and, and that sort of thing, because all of those can be monetized if you have enough followers. Uh, so there's just, there's a growing sort of, you know, conversation about, hey, should we really be having eight-year-olds pushing products online? Can we talk mm -hmm. about the ethics of this? Uh, and I think that is a really great conversation to have. You've got that issue, the commodification of kids, um, and, you know, just sort of, what some are calling stealth marketing, although it doesn't seem particularly stealthy to me. I'm like, they're opening your product and, you know, pushing it on people. There's nothing stealth about that. So uh, interesting story uh, and one to keep our eye on. Um, yeah. And I think a good question maybe for us to reflectively ask about influencers in the Christian sort of quote marketplace um, and how they're using their kids. In yes. the, on those platforms. And um, you know what? I'll just, yeah. can I just say one other thing? Yeah. I have really, really cute telegenetic kids. <laughs> and um, my almost 17 year old has an Instagram page and, um, you know, he does a lot of music stuff on there. But I, actually, I had the thought at some point, I'm like, you know, we could do this and we could probably make some money. And I'm not going to say that I get everything right as a parent because I don't, and I don't want to be all virtue signaling. Yes, I made the right choice, but we actually like made a deliberate decision. We're not really going to put our kids on social media much other than a picture here and there. And we're certainly not going to do something like this, even though we could have. And I think as Christians, sometimes we need to ask the question, well, I could do this, but what are the implications and what are my motivations? And I think that especially with social media and especially with our kids, uh, I think those are, are reasonable questions to ask. Yeah, that's so good. Um, and then, you know, if you really are going to end up with that much money, um, eventually your kid is going to want to dissociate from you and, and right. be sure that they're getting the money that they earned. Like it is a, right. yeah, no, it's, that a, is, it's a relationship <clears throat> destroyer, right? It is a, it is a relationship destroyer. Yeah. And a, yeah. And teaching them to value totally the wrong things, I would say, as yeah. well. All right. Um, hey, let's take a very brief break. When we come back, will you explain to us uh, what's going on with Pornhub? Yep. Okay. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. 
And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. All right, uh, Louisiana became the first state to require pornography um, providers to verify the age of end users. Um, Utah has followed suit. Pornhub has uh, filed uh, counter counterclaims. Um, Adam Holtz from Focus on the Families plugged in. Like Christians don't need to worry about this because Christians don't watch porn. <laughs> Right. I wish that that were the case, but the statistics suggest otherwise. And, uh, you know, we see a lot of, of research that indicates that the number of Christians that watch porn is, is you know, pretty similar to the number of non-Christians that watch porns, porn from a percentage basis, including lots of people who are in ministry professions who, when asked, you know, secretly will say, yeah, this is an issue. And I think the reality is is multifold here, and you and I could have a conversation about pornography, uh, you know, and take the entire segment to do that. But this is an issue. It's it's easily available, and and that's the issue that Utah, which of course has a strong um, Mormon presence. In fact, it's something like ninety percent of the state is Mormon, and so they they often actually are a very conservative state in terms of their legislature. And now we've seen that, that they're trying to do what I think most of us could probably at least on the surface say, well, that seems pretty common sense, right? We're going to just totally try to verify people's age. And we all know that that's tricky uh, to do, but, but they're taking a step in that direction and Pornhub, which for the record, I have never visited. So everything I know about it is what I have read about it. Research wise. It's sort of the YouTube of, the pornography world. It's one of the very biggest websites in the world, traffic-wise. They're pitching a fit, and uh, they're blocking Utah users because they don't like this new age verification law. And if if you dig into it, they're like, you know, we want to make sure we verify people's age. Well, I'm going to call, uh, you know, malarkey on that. They they don't want to verify anybody's age. Give me a break. They want to make money, and they're using pornography and exploiting women and men uh, to do that. And Utah is saying, you know what? We're going to call time out on this. So you know, I, I would just say bravo to Utah. I, I am I am heartened that there is a growing conversation about how we can restrict really damaging content uh, to try to make sure that people are legally of age and, you know, it's still damaging to those people too, but you know they're not perhaps as vulnerable as young children are. It will be interesting to see where this conversation goes. Uh, and of course, one of the the related issues with all online pornography is that you know a certain percentage of those participating in it are not doing so willingly. They have been trafficked. They have been kidnapped. They're in essentially mm-hmm. sexual slavery, uh, and so there are so many layers to this ethical and moral onion. Um, And I think as we help our kids, it's just a reminder that we need to be having a conversation with them about the purpose and place and goodness and beauty of sexuality as God has designed it and helping them understand that within the context of marriage, it's a life-giving and amazing thing that reflects being created in God's image Outside that context, it exposes us to vulnerability 
and pain and emotional devastation and perhaps pregnancy or sexually transmitted diseases. And so, you know, the consequences of missing that understanding uh, are huge. But, you know, we live in a world that that has substituted sexuality for an experience with God in many ways because we've thrown God out the window. Uh, so we've got to have a conversation, an ongoing conversation with our kids, you know, that goes beyond, well, God says you shouldn't have sex until you get married. Well, now yeah. we've got to go a, a theological step or three farther than that. Yeah. Well, and tons of resources at um, at PluggedIn.com in terms of conversations you can have and in terms of equipping you as parents and more even from um, you know, sort of their parent organization, and, fo- focus on the family. Yeah. Yeah. And we have a new curriculum coming out. I don't think it's quite out yet uh, called Beautiful by Design. That's going to mm. really help parents uh, be able to do that. I think it's supposed to be out later this year. Forgive me. I don't have the exact oh, release date, but I know it's close. So that's I'm making coming. a note. I'm making a note for you and I to follow up on that. All right. Um, maybe give us a one minute review. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, The Last in James Gunn's uh, Guardians Trilogy. Uh, Rocket Raccoon, who is a snarky, very intelligent raccoon, gets uh, essentially mortally wounded, or he's not quite mortally wounded, almost mortally wounded, and the Guardians have to go on an adventure to uh, to save him. I won't spoil any more of the plot. Other than that, they encounter uh, a guy named the High Evolutionary, who, not unlike, in some ways, it feels like, Nazi scientist is trying to perfect his own perfect race of creatures that he has created. Uh, but of course, he's a bad guy. And of course, that's not really working out. Uh, high body count, lots of blood, not not blood, but lots of goop, lots of alien goo, uh, a fair bit of profanity, including one really harsh one that we haven't heard in the MCU before. Uh, solidly PG-13 movie. Uh, some of the animal stuff, if you've seen Toy Story with the kind of experiments that Sid does on on his little stuffed animals and toys, we get similar things here that might be kind of disturbing to little ones. Now, having said all that, it's also a movie with a pretty good heart that really emphasizes sacrifice and courage and, uh, you know, being willing to lay your life on the line for your friends. So mixed bag, solidly PG-13. Be sure to check out our full review. All right, that's it, PluggedIn.com. Um, and then you've got one that you can recommend, and that is Sun Moon. Yeah, Sun Moon is about a young woman who her uh, husband-to-be stiffs her at the altar, decides he loves somebody else. She uh, is taking all her wedding stuff down and wanders into another meeting at church that day from a missionary from Taiwan, and she ends up going to Taiwan to be a teacher uh, and a missionary. And really the movie is about trying to figure out how do we trust God when we have been deeply disappointed or hurt or wounded in life. Nice movie that's on the streaming service, Pure Flix, which I would commend to you as a pretty great alternative to so many of the other streaming services that often stream stuff that we don't want to be watching. That's so good. Um, I want to also commend to you, Paul Acey has a piece up at PluggedIn.com, What Gordon Lightfoot Taught Me About Faith. That is an excellent reflection as well. Tons of great stuff at PluggedIn.com. you got to check it out. Adam Holtz, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Carmen. All right, we're going to um, take a break for Breakpoint with John Stone Street.
All right. I don't know about you, but one of the things that I just learned from Breakpoint was that John Newton returned home um, following his experience of being a slave on a boat called the Greyhound. Do you think that it's possible that the Greyhound Bus Company, which I realize isn't Greyhound anymore, but like, do you think that that's any, there's any chance that that's where that came from? I have Googled and searched and I don't know the answer to that question, but if you have, uh, you know, we got listeners all over the place who know all kinds of things that I don't know. So do you know, like, did the Greyhound Bus Company call itself the Greyhound as a nod back to John Newton returning home from slavery on a boat called the Greyhound? Let's see, see, I feel like this would make a good story if we knew the rest of the story. Um, I struggle. This is not news to any of you who've been listening for any period of time. But um, I I struggle with um, with my weight. I think I'll just say it that way. Um, and this has been true since I was a kid. Um, and so when we talk with Kim Dolan Leto, Fit God's Way, um, I am both encouraged and challenged. And so I wanted, I mean, she's going to come and talk with us on a regular basis. And so if there are particular things that you would like for her to address when she comes on the show, you can certainly let me know what those are. Um, you can text me, 877-933-2484. You can always just email me, carmen at myfaithradio.com. Today, I am asking Kim to help us begin again, again. Um, because if this is a challenge that you or someone in your family struggles with, um, then you know that we have to begin again, again. Like, I don't know how else to describe that. And there's this defeatist spirit that discourages us from beginning again, again, you know, to on the path back to health and fitness. Um, but you have to do it. Like you just, you have to get to the place where you're just like, I, I have to do this. I have to begin again, again. And so that's the conversation I've invited Kim to have with us today. Uh, it's a continuing conversation. Fit God's Way is the book. Um, and Kim Dolan Leto is going to join us next. First Corinthians three sixteen and seventeen says, "Do you not know that you are God's temple?" And that God's Holy Spirit dwells in you. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. We're going to talk today about how to make fitness holy, how to begin again, again, when we have been defeated in our pursuit of fitness. Kim Dolan Leto is back with us today. Fit God's Way uh, is the book. Kim, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me here, Carmen. That scripture was on my heart, and I can't believe you just shared it because I'm like, oh my goodness, we are just so on the same page this morning. Yeah. So I shared with you, um, you know, like the challenge that I'm hoping we can address this morning. Um, it it is a challenge that I return to over and over and over again in my life, and so I know it's true for others as well. I want to encourage. I want you to encourage me, and you and I to encourage others, like to begin again, again, and, and to 
there's this there's this defeating defeatist spirit that says, you know what, you should just give up before you start. You know, you can't do this. You know, you're going to fail. Why do you set yourself up for that? Like, just go back to the comfort, you know. Um, And so part of this is an encouragement to say no to that defeatist spirit and to say yes to the spirit of the living God. But I think in terms of getting there, um, it would be helpful for you to unpack for us um, what it means for fitness to be holy and to recognize that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. Well, I think the first thing we need to do is we need to realize that we're, we were never supposed to do anything in life alone. And I think what happens is, for some reason, Carmen, wouldn't you agree that fitness is this thing that we seem to white knuckle in our own strength and we don't turn to God. We don't turn Mm -hmm. to the power of the Holy Spirit. We fight this battle on our own. And I believe the first thing we need to do is recognize that there's this lie in fitness that somehow you could be perfect. And once you realize that's a lie, you can be free because the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy our health. But like John 10.10 says, Jesus came that we may have life and more abundantly. And I believe the first thing that we can do is stop starting our diets over every Monday, stop eating bad on the weekends. And, you know, not that there's anything wrong with eating something that you want, but it's when food has this mentality, you have this mentality about food that you're bad when you eat bad and you're good when you eat good. We need to realize that food is a gift from God, and if we receive it with thanksgiving and peace, we can enjoy it with self-control instead of feeling like when we eat, we're doing something wrong. So Mm. I believe in stopping that whole, you know, start your diet over every Monday mentality and just wake up every morning and surrender your fitness, your health, your worth, your body image, all of that to Jesus. Just say, God, just help me do my best today with you. Bring the Holy Spirit to me, like prompt me in the moments when I'm about to think these thoughts that I know the enemy defeats me with and give me self-control. Help me walk in those fruits of the Spirit. Give me peace with my food decisions. Give me faithfulness in what I've chosen to do for a workout or even in your thoughts, just that the peace in your thoughts about what you look like that God made you, that you're fearfully and wonderfully made, that you are this, like you said, when you started the message that you have the spirit of God living in you, you're his temple. So I think that it's really important for us to break that fitness failure cycle. And we do that by realizing, yeah, we're going to have bad days. We're going to blow it, but they're just days. And when we're rooted in Jesus, when we're rooted in God, there's nothing that can shake us because in him, we are overcomers. Okay, there was so much in there. Can you um, maybe repeat again? I thought that the particularly like when I wake up, the things that I might include in my prayers related to um, what I've already determined to do uh, in terms of working out or an eating plan. Like, can you repeat a little bit of that prayer component? Because that makes that encourages me that I'm not alone. I'm cooperating with the Holy Spirit that's at work within me. This is the temple of God. This body is not my own. Like, can you can you just repeat some of the prayer content? Because I think that's so helpful. Absolutely. Okay, so I'm going to give some steps. So how we make this whole pressing on, like Paul says, you know, press on. And I think that's one thing that we really need to focus on is forgetting 
what lies behind all the times we've quit all the times mm. we you know forget all of that and just press strain forward to what is ahead pressing on to the goal of you know what god has called us to heavenward or, or i'm sorry mm. heavenward or upward in christ jesus philippians 3 13 through 14 so what i would do is i would get up every morning and i would just surrender it to god and here's some easy things you can do you can just put God first. Just say, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing with this fitness thing. I keep failing with this. I don't want to do it the world's way. I want to put you first in it. I'm seeking you first, God. Just like Matthew 6.33 says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added to you. So it's when we're doing it apart from him. So recognize where you're doing it apart from him and ask God through the power of the Holy Spirit to give you the fruits of the Spirit to walk in over your Take that overcomer spirit that you have in Jesus and be an overcomer through joy, peace, long suffering. I love that fruit of the spirit. I'm like, yep, that's fitness is definitely a long suffering one because it's not a one and done. And then I would say to say no to the unhealthy things that God has highlighted in your life. There's chances, the chances are that all of us have a food or a drink that makes us lose control. Or if we feel prideful or insecure about the way we look. God didn't intend on any of those things. He doesn't want us having idols in our lives. He doesn't want us having insecurity. And I would ask, thirdly, I would say, God, please help me create healthy goals and a healthy body image. You designed me. You know me. And please help me put my identity in you. Help me be the best me for you. Because I think then that just drains the insecurity out of you. You're not trying to compare yourself to anyone. You just want to be the best you you can be where you're at that day. And another one is don't be double-minded. When you ask God, believe he hears you and that you receive what you ask for. We can't be double-minded. So many of us straddle that fence of spirit and flesh. We believe and then we, we don't believe. So I think it's really important, like James says, you know, when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea. You're blown and tossed. And that's what happens. You have nothing because diet mentality comes in. The world, you know, six weeks to your best body comes in. And God is just saying, just get up and do this day with me. Just let mm. me be the Lord over your body, over your decisions, over your choices, just t just do today with me. We don't need to think about yesterday what we did wrong or tomorrow what we need to do right. We just need to do today with God. Oh, that's so good. Okay, so just get up and do this day with God, forgetting what lies behind, pressing on to that which lies ahead. Um, put uh -huh. God first, seek him first, seek first like the kingdom and his righteousness. That also moves me into um, making fitness holy, like not making yes. fitness about what I look like or what the world sees, but making, um, making fitness in my pursuit of a healthy body, um, about my calling. And I right. want, when we come back, we come back from a very brief break, Kim, I want you to talk about that. I want you to talk about how we make that mental shift, that spiritual and mental shift to this really yeah, being right. about God and what God has invited us to do with him in this life and that the vessel needs to be prepared um, to accomplish the calling. We're talking with Kim Dolan Leto. Um, the book is Fit God's Way. Um, we're talking today about beginning again again. Um, I know that many of us grow frustrated with ourselves, um, but we're going to invite each and every one of us to get up and do this day with God, forgetting what lies behind and pursuing fitness 
so that we can actually be used by God in the calling that he has set forth. This is Mornings with Carmen. You're listening to Faith Radio. Our spring fundraiser is officially finished, but there's still time to give. If you enjoy this podcast and want to fund more content like this, make a gift now by following the link in the show notes or visit MyFaithRadio.com. Thanks. We're talking with Kim Dolan Leto. We're talking about being fit God's way. We're talking today about sort of defeating the defeatist spirit and beginning again, again. Um, it, it, I, I want us to get on a path forward um, that is positive. And so, uh, Kim, let's talk about this vessel, this temple of the Holy Spirit and the motivation, the motivation to make it a place that, you know, Christ would want to inhabit and he can use as he wills in the calling that he has for my life. Yes. Oh my gosh. That was beautiful the way you said that. I believe that so often we work out because we hate our bodies, not because we love them. And God made our bodies. So that's a big statement. Work out because you love your body, not because you hate it. Work out because you want to steward your body to serve God, not because you want to look hot. I'm just going to be real. Women can feel very defeated because they're trying to look like pictures. And so your heart motivation gets so hurt. You know, your heart gets hurt because you can't, you feel like you're not measuring up maybe to how you used to look or how you want to look. And the truth is, is that there's a strong correlation between wanting to get fit and not being able to, and it's having the wrong motivation. God knows our hearts. And even if we white knuckle our way to our fitness goals and whittle ourselves down to a dream number, it never lasts. It's because God isn't in it. And where God isn't in it, we don't, it's not, it's like we can do nothing apart from him. And so I, I'm just sad to see how many, I mean, I did it myself. So I understand if that's you today, if you've just tried and tried and tried and tried and tried and you just hurt in this space. God does not want that. He wants you free. So the way that we make fitness holy is we honor God in our body to be the best version ourselves so we can take care of our families, to grow the body of Christ, to serve in our God-given gifts. And we make fitness a holy habit with the right mindset and heart motives that are aligned with the word. And I think that that is the biggest thing is we we need to look at here. Is it okay if I share five reasons or five ways to make fitness a holy habit, Carmen? That'd be great. Okay. Yes. Number one, you have the best training partner in the world, Jesus. Where are you ever going to find someone who's going to go to the gym with you, look at you, you know, look in the mirror with you and, and tell you the truth about yourself, to go to the grocery store with you and help you, you know, the wisdom, the strength, the self-control, everything you're looking for is, is in God. No, and number two, your motivation is right. When you surrender this to God, your motivation is right. Your heart is right. So he can bless your efforts. You know, I love that word that says that, you know, when we see he, God delights in the, in us when we seek him and he will give you the desires of your heart. When we delight ourselves in the Lord, it says he will give us the desires of our heart. Okay. Number three, you're tired of fitness being all or nothing and quitting. Aren't you tired? I can't mm. even believe how I would come to the end of myself. Without God, this is just a frustrating flesh project. Turn it into a spirit-led lifestyle, and you will be amazed at what God can do. Okay, four, don't you want to have peace with your body? Don't you want to have peace with yourself? 
in this conversation, start your days with God, surrender this to him. Okay, five, do you, this is a big one. You don't want to miss out on anything God has planned for you. Whether you have children, grandchildren, big dreams and goals, without your health, how are you going to have the energy? How are you going to have the inner confidence? I mean, let's just be real. Like the Bible says in Hebrews 10.35, do not cast away your confidence. Like in our world, it is really hard. That is a big challenge we have when we are not keeping self-made promises. I'm not just talking about the way we look. I'm talking about we don't, how you feel about yourself when you're not doing what you know you're supposed to be doing. It erodes your confidence. So make fitness holy by inviting God into this, dedicating your workouts to, workouts to Him, playing Christian music when you work out, praying before your workouts, praying during and after your workouts. If you don't have anything to pray for, pray for the people around you that they know Jesus. And pray for God to use you in a mighty way to set other women free in this space, because this conversation of us being defeated because we can't look a certain way is not of God. Kim, um, those are powerful, these five reasons to make fitness a holy habit. Um, They are included in the chapter on how to make fitness holy in Kim's book, Fit God's Way. Um, the The wanting to be fit in order that I would be fit for service or not unfit for service, like, right? So, um is is a huge it's a big one um it's a stewardship conversation it is also one that we don't have very often in the context of the christian church i mean if you actually like look just look at um the weighty burden of the physical body in terms of the health of american christians like it's not good. And so clearly this is something that we have grown uncomfortable talking about. Um, and it's, and I'm not seeking to produce shame here. I'm seeking to like recognize, like, I think we have missed this. I think this is a big miss for the American church. I completely agree. Uh, and it's like Romans 12, 1, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your body your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Okay, it makes me so sad to know that, I don't know if you know the statistic, but Christians and Christian pastors and church congregations are supposed, supposedly, statistically, the most unhealthy section of our population, and this should not be. And I think it's because fitness is something that people— I, I mean, I, I see it every day. I get so much rejection from the church. They say, we don't want to hear about that. It's ungodly. It's vain. And I'm thinking, no, the worldly fitness conversation is ungodly and vain. But as Christians, we need to be setting the example. We need to be the healthiest. We need to be bringing our bodies, like Paul said, under our control. I mean, Paul goes so far in 1 Corinthians nine twenty four through 27 to say that he made his body his slave. Because don't our bodies just tell us what to do? No, we need to be telling our bodies, no, we're not eating that. No, we're going to work out. No, I'm going to sleep right. No, I'm going to drink more water. I am serving God. And we cannot serve God in poor health. And and it, to me, it just, it actually makes me sad. And it's something that I pray for very often because 
I believe that this conversation needs to be had in every church, and it is not of shame. It is of conviction that we want to go on mission trips. We want to have the health to serve. We want to have the longevity to see our, you know, generations of our family. And it's it saddens me, Carmen, to be honest with you, because I believe getting fit God's way is the answer that the church has been missing. I believe that God needs to be in every element and aspect of our days. And we need to challenge ourselves to start living for God and not ourselves, not the comfort of food, of TV, of mindlessly scrolling on our phones. We need to get on our knees and in the word and take care of ourselves because we need to serve God with excellence. That's so good. Kim, um, thank you. Uh, thank you for your willingness to continue and to continue to talk with us and to continue to walk with us. Um, remind everybody where they can um, find you online and these resources. At KimDolanLetto.com. That's Kim, D-O-L-A-N-L-E-T-O.com. I also have a free guide for you at FitGodsWay.com, and you can get the book Fit God's Way everywhere books are sold. Come say hi to me on social media. I want to know how you feel about this conversation. I got to share it in my Instagram story that I would be on with you, Carmen, and I'm just so blessed for this opportunity and excited to hear from your listeners and just help people in any way I can know that God is with them in this and He loves them so much. And He has the answer that they've been missing. Thank you. Um, Thank you so much, Kim, for being here today. Um, You guys, connect with Kim. Like, you need an encouraging partner in this walk of faith and Kim, that's what she's doing. So fitgodsway.com, Kim Dolan Leto online, uh, follow her on social media. Let's, um, let's, let's do this and let's do this together. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. All right, all kinds of things to do this weekend. There's going to be a run for the roses tomorrow, the Kentucky Derby. The coronation of King Charles III is happening. Um, all kinds of things happening. What are you doing this weekend? Where will you be? Who will you see? Um, what will you do? Jim and I are going to take a little anniversary trip this weekend. We, uh, we're going to celebrate our 12th anniversary this coming Sunday on May the 7th. And um, we thought, you know what? We, we haven't actually ever taken an anniversary trip, so we thought we would do it. So Paul Perot is going to host Mornings Without Carmen on Monday morning. And so thank you, Paul, for um, for doing that. Yeah, we'll try not to scuttle the ship, but yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be, um, it's, he's going to have great conversations with um, really some, some tremendous friends. You're going to get to a fresh look at the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to talk to about cancel culture um, and how it uh it relates to the gospel and Melissa Mork is going to be here as well to talk about some mental health concerns. So all kinds of great things happening uh, here on the show on Monday. I know you'll be praying for me as Jim and I get a little time uh, together away uh, on our anniversary weekend. I'll be praying for you as well. You can always hit me up on the text line, 877-933-2484. Have a great weekend and God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.